right, all right. Check one, check two, check 25 times four, which I believe is 100. <laughs> Welcome to the Cannabis Coffee Hour, a podcast with your host, me, Rob Cantrell. I know I'm saying this over and over again for every episode, but I like to have content that has some type of bookmarks. Uh, everybody's podcasting, lots of podcasts. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I'm your host, Rob Cantrell. I got a great, great uh, show. It's called the Cannabis Coffee Hour. No guests today, just me uh, reeling and spieling and freewheeling on the microphone. Uh, but I do have a great cup of coffee. I have my favorite cup of coffee, a big, fat, chunky mug um, with a cool stencil. Um, it's it's an artistic one. It's one I don't know. I got other mugs, but you just lean into your favorite one. It's mostly about the size. It's just a big bomber, and it's at the end of my French press. So I got a big fat cup of coffee. I'm highly caffeinated. It's still early in the morning. I'm sorry. This is Friday. Uh, Thursday things have been coming up. I got a. I just released a music video. I got this music project that I've been working all through the pandemic on. And, uh, you know, you got to you gotta push it out there, you got to send it, you got to tweet it, and all that stuff takes time and effort, mental effort for me. Uh, social media, I don't know, I'm in the middle of it. I know it works, and I know people are making money, and everybody's enjoying it, but you also, what I'm learning as I get older, you have to watch out what you consume in your brain. As well as food, as well as everything, air, thoughts. Um, I didn't meditate this morning, but I meditated yesterday. I am smoking good herb. I got some good herb, but not crazy amount. Just enough, just a little bit. I started the podcast yesterday, and then I got some phone calls that I needed to get back to. So uh, I apologize again for not having this up, but like and th subscribe. The numbers are are doing well, man. I'm getting great feedback. People love the Joe Para episode. So check out uh, Adult Swim. Joe Para is the man. One of my favorite new comedy voices that has emerged out of the ether. And I just seen him as a young buck coming up. He actually, I didn't tell the story, but uh, he's, him and Dan Licata, I'll have Dan on, they saw me open for Mitch Hedberg at a theater in Buffalo, and it was actually the last time I saw Hedberg. It was, it's really weird. I'll tell the story sometime, but I don't want to go down a memory lane that's uh, a little bit sad for me. But I'd rather, uh, at this moment, just say uh, blessings and one love to everybody. I hope you have a little ganja. I have my great uh, Marley Glass. Uh, Marley Glass, this is from Bob Marley's camp. But they make a great, great one-hitter. Um, it's a glass one-hitter, but it has a wooden stem. And it's I'm getting the knack of cleaning this thing out. Like, I know I've had one-hitters since I was 16. Uh, well, I started hitting herb in college, so I was more like 18. Um, and I was a big fan of the one-hitter. 
had a dugout, had the wooden dugout for years and years and years. Been through many of them, especially in New York. That was kind of how I rolled was the one hitter. A lot of people I know. New York isn't the best weed town because it's moving so fast. But uh, as Dave Chappelle said in the uh, movie uh, Half-Baked, it does take a lot of weed naps. <laughs> and I have found that true. You know, the herb definitely can help you slow down the stress of the busy lifestyle of the big city. Um, as well as I love it in the country. It's all good. Um, but I have some great... Uh, this is actually a Starburst strain. Uh, you can check that out. The guy... You know, somebody threw me just a nice, dank, fat nug. I haven't been buying a lot. I actually took four days off. Uh, I checked out the owner of Raw Papers. I forget his name, but Raw Papers, if you're rolling spliffs, if you know what's up, Raw Papers is the best because of the taste. It's not bleached paper. It's uh, organic. And I don't know, for some reason, whenever I roll with Raw, I can tell. And... um but he had a big thing on the brain. Uh, it wasn't super scientific, and I don't want to go into it. But it is if you are a heavy stoner for years and years, it's it is nice and probably smart to take a break here and there, just to clear out the cobwebs. And I think as we move, at, and it's more about like the synopsises on your brains that fire. I'm not super scientific weed nerd dude, but he is. <laughs> but he just kind of broke it down where. You know, you can recharge your brain in order to enjoy cannabis again at a fuller method. If you do take periodical, let's say two weeks or like my new thing, I think I'm going to do is maybe take Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I can uh, puff like Rasta. Um, but, you know, we're all working it out and figuring out um, what works best with you and everybody is different everybody that's the miracle of nature that it happens over and over again and nobody is the same that's why conformity is lame because what's good for me is not good for you and what's good for you may not be good for me we're in this moment it is a fresh and original moment. I don't know why I'm singing this song. Mostly, I do think I think in music, you know. Even when I sit down to write jokes, like I'll do a standard 20-minute writing session in the morning. I do. I have been doing free writing in the morning, like like the last few days. Not today. I but I wanted to get up and just do the podcast early, get a good one in there. Um, but lately I've been, uh, I really got on a good clip of doing my five Tibetan stretches, if, which I love doing. I'm telling you, it relines your nervous system and it's not hardcore. I'm not, I mean, I went through a big lift in and bench. I could bench 225, all that big fat plates in high school and college. I went through a little meathead phase, but, uh, and, and lifting is good. Getting into your body is good. It's a great way of getting out of your mind is exercise. But the thing about getting older, you also want to stretch, and it's about the long game. 
And uh, I do these five Tibetan stretches, and then I do 20 minutes of meditation. And uh, my spine is aligning right. I'm dropping off a lot of anxiety, a lot of, you know, it, it really has been benefiting. As long as I've been doing this podcast, I've been talking about meditating. And uh, I think it all goes hand in hand, like cannabis, meditating, exercise for fun, you know, letting go of the ego, letting go of the control. I'm trying to let things happen. Like I did this video, music video, and I posted it. But now everybody posts so much that it's hard to get a big punch as it was like seven or ten years ago when you posted a video. Um, TikToks are rolling out. You know, every five-year-old's pumping out TikToks. Like it's uh, it's a crazy wild uh, internet out there. And I, I'm glad podcasting's happening because I do love doing this podcast. I enjoy doing this podcast. Um, uh, and I'm getting better at it and we're going to move forward with the, uh, sign up for the Patreon. It really is going to help me out. Like, as you saw with the Joe Pera episode, that was kind of like, if I was going to take this one step further, interviewing a cool guest at a cool place, I got live mics, I got a simple camera, you know, and a little bit of herb and a little bit of coffee and a little bit of an interesting cat to talk to. Also, we'd like to get bands on. We've had some musical cats on here before, um, but we're going to have more and more. Once I get a space and designated, and that helps when you sign up to the Patreon, Rob Cantrell Coffee. You'll see the Bill Burr episode. I got uh, Neil Fallon from Clutch on there, you know, and I these videos are not on the internet. Um, they're only behind the Patreon. You can listen to the audio. But uh, as we move forward, it's going to just get funky and fresher, and you can get to be involved with it. And that's enough of the salesy, whalesy type bullshit. Not bullshit, but you know. There's a part of me, like, I know I have to sell the podcast, but also there's a part of me that, man, I, I, I know why I'm doing this. And the reason I'm doing it is uh, this is what I want to see. This is what I want to hear. Um, and that's, that's the gig. Um, like I said, I got a little bit of a one hitter. I got a great cup of coffee. I got a big fat bag at Costco. I did a Costco run in Brooklyn. The only thing about Costco in New York, it's always busy. It is fucking crazy, dude. Um, I even asked the dude, the worker, I went there on the Sunday and the place was so jammed up. I, my anxiety, I was like, dude, I ain't fucking going in there, man. I mean, I, the parking lot was a mess. Everybody was screaming at each other. I was like, oh, fuck this. And I went home. But then I went on Monday. I was like, nobody's going to be here on Monday. And guess what? It was a madhouse. I had to park across the street. I totally like filled up my Costco cart. And then I ran it across the street because it was just too damn stressful, man. Uh, not that stressful. I, I give New York a lot of shit. But it is funky fresh. And I love it. And one of the reasons I love it is filming and doing music and doing uh, hip-hop, uh, check out my movie, not my movie, but my new, it feels like directing movies, that's why I do my music videos, and one of the reasons I shoot my own music videos is to learn about camera work, and shooting, and stuff like that, and the thing about music videos, you don't have to deal with sound, which is pretty much 50% of a production, but check out Give Peace a Dance, um, it is on my YouTube, 
it is uh, on my Instagram, Rob eighty eight Cantrell. Uh, you know, I don't. It's a it's a pacifist song. It references a ton of like grunge rock and also nineties hip hop, eighties hip hop. Uh, I like writing lyrics. Like I always used to study lyric sheets. I love the Paul's Boutique album. I remember just reading the CD from back to forth, like all the lyrics constantly. Same thing with Nirvana, same thing with Neil Young, same thing with Zeppelin. Like, if I'm into it, I do dig the written word. Even if it's poetry or out there, like, there is something that it touches on. And I think it's just fun. You know, stack making something out of nothing, making something out of nothing is fun. Creating, creating wants to create. And, you know, the once I learned that I was a creative person, that that was something I enjoyed, that was something I wanted to pursue. And it wasn't like I was a theater kid or an art geek. I didn't go to art school. I wasn't that cool. Um, uh, but once I figured it out, you know, I went, my avenue was stand-up, was pure goofball <laughs> mentality. I'm goofball to the core. Um, if you know me, then you know me. Um, but let's try some of this cannabis. But no, and also this coffee is called Get Mayan Blend. Oh yeah, at Mayorga Organics. So this is Mexico, Guatemalan, Honduran medium roast. You know I love that medium roast. Specialty grade whole bean. Like I would say, and this was a big fat bag, and I think I got it for $15 and this is two pounds and I would say that if you can get a hold of this it's m-a-y-o-r-g-a organics.com and it's a lot written in Spanish but it is uh damn it is really good coffee like it's up there with Stumptown and Intelligentsia in terms of the sheen of the bean in terms of that nice like medium brown roast, like right in the middle, but with a little bit of kick and full flavor. That's what I'm looking for. That's when I, when it hits, when the coffee hits my soul. That's what I want, and that's what I got, and that's what you can get at Costco. Um, if you see the bag laying around, like they have all this Starbucks. I'll give you Starbucks a now and then. Like I said, like I like a Starbucks if it's like blendy, frappy, chappy, whatever. It's more like drinking a milkshake for me. But just buying a bag of Starbucks coffee, I'm nah, I'm not really doing that. I mean, I'll go with it if it's laying around. I need what I need, but uh it ain't my number one choice. This is up there. This is this is I'm I'm a I'm great. Uh in terms of quality control on the coffee. Now with the cannabis, I just have a little bit. I'm trying just to smoke a little bit here and there, but uh in order, I wanted to tell you about filming this uh, video in Prospect Park because it's it was a wild. It's this great band shell um, that's in Prospect Park, and it's called the Lena Horn Band Shell. Um, they just renamed it. I guess Lena Horn was a famous famous jazz singer and uh, from Brooklyn, and but they just did a mural. Somebody. And it, the mural's all about chaos. I read about the mural, but it just popped up out of nowhere. And um, 
and I saw it, and it must have been freshly painted, and I was like, yo, I am uh, going to go film up in there, because nobody was really around, and it's been the pandemic, and I knew early in the morning, I got up at 5 o'clock when it was just dark. If you want to own New York City, nobody is up at 5 o'clock, and it's dark, and it's early. Everybody that you see is either going to Duncan to open it up, or... No, like, anybody sketchy or on drugs, like, I mean, I'm talking, like, meth and crack and all that, uh, when you start talking that shit, um, they passed out. They're passed out by 3.34. So at 5 o'clock, you're not running into anybody sketchy. But it's still super dark outside. It's, like, nighttime. And uh, I went into the park, and it was a little bit scary because there was nobody around. Like, it I just had the place to myself. I had this huge band shell that was just painted by this awesome artist. I mean, it is out there. I mean, it was a risk. I could have easily got tickets. I had to jump a fence. Um, but a cop did drove, drive by while I, was, while I was videoing it. But, I mean, to him, he's just like, oh, there's some dork up there uh, taping a TikTok. I'm not going after him. Uh, cause you know, I was just, I had a, I had my, I had one can, I had a shot it with my iPhone with a fisheye lens attached to the iPhone. And then I had a SLR camera that's been, I've had for like 10 years that I got passed down to me. Um, but it's video, it's like a standardized like Canon or whatever, but the video portion is shoots in super HD, but you could only shoot it for like 20 minutes. So it's perfect for, you know, music videos. But I had a nice solid tripod. So between those two, I did the whole shoot myself because you don't have to deal with any sound. Um, so I cut and chopped it. But please check it out. I'm really proud of it. Well, actually, I'm trying not to have too much pride with art or comedy. I do think that kind of feeds the ego. Um, I'm trying just to, like, if I dig it, I do it. I chop it up, and then I keep it moving. You know what I'm saying? You know I got one of those, like, blowtorch-like lighters. It sounds a little sketch, but it's just like I got it at a truck stop. But it always it always lights, which is kind of solid, but it's kind of the flame's a little too strong. Uh, I'm sure it's for, like, you know, I don't know. I never really got super into dabs with um with the blow. Once you start talking blow torches, but I've done them before, um you know at events or cannabis things. Um, and it is you know it really is good hash if it's at the end of the day. And I do like hash, but uh, for my day to day, like it's not my gig. But I, I haven't, I don't know if you guys heard that, but I guess people are messaging me all kinds of stuff. Um, but I, I shut everything down. I don't know how that one got through. Um, but it's a beautiful day. I'm planning on uh, hiking in the park after this, doing my stretches. But making music videos, I was, just wanted to talk about maybe uh, my favorite music videos of all time. 
I would say, you know, probably my, my favorite, I mean, No Sleep to Brooklyn is a brilliant video. Um, all those Spike Jones videos I really liked a lot, including Sabotage, but even some of those like far side videos. Um, and there's it, Puff Daddy had a lot of good videos. I guess that was like Hype Williams, like the lighting and um, how those were arranged. I really enjoyed. I used to just watch. I'm weird, man. I don't watch sports. Like I would just watch music videos. I just really enjoyed them. And now with YouTube, it's it's scary because I could sit and watch, you know, hip hop videos all day on YouTube, but I have to back off. Some of the good there's a uh, in the budgets, like but some of them are like the new ones. Like the budgets are so crazy and hip hop has gone so I don't know, I don't want to be old judgy dude, but uh it's just gotten the budgets has gotten so crazy and everything's just super hyped up on super sex and violence. But maybe that's how it looked back in the day. I don't know. But nowadays, like with how HD the camera's on, like I could tell they're trying to target it for like that 14 to 18 year old man uh, testosterone bo boost that every all these kids are getting and they get excited when they, everything gets turned up and there's guns and talking shit and titties and asses and stuff um, and it does look it does look exciting on camera but so can a tree <laughs> so can nature uh, I think we're getting desensitized with all this stuff and that's why I think with filmmaking I do like showing New York City and city and art and murals. But I, I also want to venture into nature. And that's why when I did my uh, What I Got video, you can check out my sublime cover of What I Got. I did it out at Rockaway Beach because beach vibe all day. And then having a New York beach vibe, that's a whole other, that's a whole other can of worms. But I got some big gigs coming up um, that I'm excited about. And uh, I'm doing a show tonight at this place called Halyard's Bar. And it's a show called Bitches Brew, which is named after Miles Davis's uh, epic album. If you don't even, I don't even know jazz that much. I know some things. I can know some tunes, but like every hipster or music head is going to tell you Bitches Brew. And you can hear it. Um, there used to be a great band in San Francisco called Bitches Brew, and they were a jazz trio. And they were kind of, they may be still around. And then there was another band in San Francisco called Bride of Ozzy. And there was this chick, man, she ran like like when I hit San Francisco it was '99, so it was kind of like the rise of the hipster shit. And uh, like it hadn't gotten Googled out yet so that you could still be a starving artist weirdo down there. It still had that Lower East Side like mayhem like, oh, is that the dude from the Ramones hanging out here at the bar? Like it still had that vibe. And the band was awesome called Bride of Ozzy. And they they did all Black Sabbath cover tunes, but they were like a jazz trio. Like you could tell the band was hot. And then they had this chick singer that was crazy. 
that would just wear uh uh she would just wear duct tape on her nipples and um and with no shirt no not even duct tape elect black electric tape and she would wear like black pants and i one time but the one of the craziest gigs I ever did was this bar called the Odeon and they used to shoot bottle rockets out of the fucking bar and in the bar. It was nine. It was, it was, you know, it was, uh, it was, it was, this was 15 years ago. This is right when I started, like when I started in San Francisco in 99, I lived in a hostel at the green tortoise hostel. And I did all the open mics. I did it all like before comedy central was popping. It, it, that's what it, that's what was so cool about stand-up comedy. It was like this forgotten art form. And now it's like this multi-gazillion dollar fucking Netflix thing, uh, which is awesome. And it's exciting time. I just worry if people will get burned out on it because I, I kind of came in right at the tail end of the burnout. But there was all those like crazy still art freaks in weirdos down in the mission in uh san francisco and i did this gig with the bride of ozzy and this other sketch group and then it was me but they paid me i remember i remember it was a great gig i got 150 bucks it was at this like didn't it felt like punk rock as it, as it could get man I, it was a black sabbath cover band with a female lead singer that wore electric tape on her nipples and you know they crushed they fucking crushed, man, because the, 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 her band was badass. There's a one video, this, like, they made one video that's really cool. Bri look a Bride of Ozzy music video, and it's in San Francisco, but I think the director went on to make some real horror movies, like, in Hollywood. Like, he was legit. Like, if you see it, it's filmed on real cameras, and they casted it, and all kinds of shit. Um... Shout out to my old weed buddy, Mike Spiegelman. Mike Spiegelman uh, ran the Mock Cafe, which is in San Francisco. And, uh, and Robin Williams would pop up there. I saw Robin Williams in a room of like 25 comics when I started. He was already, he was like, my, my thing on Robin Williams is, is he was amazing. One of the best comedy stand-up. But he came from an improvising wor world. Um. So, like, hardcore stand-ups gave them a lot of shit. Not a lot of shit, but, you know, they would, you know, there was a, rumors of him stealing material, and or there was people that said he did. I don't know. Like, all that stuff starts to become, like, when that shit happens, you have to address it as a comedian, person to person. And I have done that. I've had people lift my shit and I've had to confront them face on. And what I have learned from that is you can do it. Um, yeah, it's good to let them know that you saw it. But at the same time, sometimes there's just so much collateral, like your relationship will never be the same again. And sometimes I've called people out and maybe I was wrong. So you're never a hundred percent right. So the older I get, the more the le if I see somebody doing a bit that may I, I may have done like five years ago, you never you can tell if they're you know with the Joe Rogan Carlos Mencia Carlos Mencia thing like back in the day they were battling, but Carlos Mencia was known to be a thief and and like 
in the clubs. Like, it was just known. Like, word gets out. And it's not a good word. It's not a good reputation to have. And uh, But he was, like, super blatant about it. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it was kind of good that that happened. But at other times, like, I've had minor ones and some major ones. And I'm glad I called them out. And then there was a couple minor ones. I'm like, I don't even know. Um, because when you when you first start out, you think everybody's stealing your shit. But one thing I've read about art, if you do something good, people are going to bite it. And sometimes, like, not feeding into that ego and just letting things happen and flow. And people know. I think. Maybe. Um, but that was one thing that I was, like, touching on with meditation. I was uh, emailing with another comedian that meditates, and I was super, like, ayahuasca. Uh, Mike Kaplan, really great stand-up comedian. But we kind of go back and forth on Buddhist thoughts sometime on email. And uh, what I've been, what he, uh, I just was, like, when I was meditating, I'm learning just to let things happen and be the observer, but not even hold on to it. Like, let the moment or the experience happen, experience it fully, but then let it flow out. Keep it, I mean, it all comes back to keeping it moving. And that's what we're doing. We are flowing and moving and grooving. And that's what's so fun about dancing and give peace a dance. I mean, that's what is give peace. Like I had another title for this song that I did, which is ultimately a pacifist song. It's a peace, love, hippie with a, you know, with a 80s, 90s rap style. Definitely huge nod to the Beasties and Ron DMC and LL Cool J, Def Jam, Golden Era. You know, I grew, I grew up on Fatboy. My first concert was Houdini. Like, I remember it before the Beasties. Not that I'm saying I was, but I went to a concert. It was the Fat Boys, Houdini, and uh, Run DMC on their second album. That was my first concert, the very first Fresh Fest in Roanoke, Virginia. You can listen to the whole story. I do a 15-minute story on my album called Pure Uncut Joy. You can listen to it on Spotify. But the next year, I went with my buddies, uh, Alan, and a couple other dudes, I went to the first Fresh Fest by myself, but then hip-hop got bigger, and then more kids started going, and then I went to the very first Raising Hell tour, and that was Run DMC, LL Cool J, and uh, it was Houdini again. But on the undercard, the undercard that was not on the bill, I had never seen them before, I'd never heard of them before, and I listened to hip-hop. I was a breakdancer. Uh, I got paid to breakdance in all these little small towns in Virginia, but they said from, it, it was, they said, like, the lights went down to see this concert, and they said from money-making Manhattan, the Beastie Boys, these three white dudes went up, and this was in Richmond, Virginia, and it was on the Raising Hell tour. They were not on the bill. They played three songs. And they played one of my be my favorite Beastie Boys song of all time is Slow and Low. That's just the and actually Run DMC wrote that song. And it's it's it just a simple perfect pace but also dope style. 
um i feel i like a lay a good laid back like heart rappers rappers that rap like aggressive aggro like even there's only a few metal bands i like and i can't listen to like i wasn't like all my friends were rocking metallica and judas priest and fucking uh molly crew and all that shit and i was strictly hip-hop I thought that shit was cheesy. I always thought it was kind of cheesy. And it wasn't until I got a little bit, but I consumed all of it because all my friends, that's all they played. They worshiped the shit. When Motley Crue came to Virginia, dude, that was, that was, the Fresh Fest wasn't as big as that shit. That shit was, that, I even remember the 1984 Van Halen tour. And which is one of the best concert t-shirts ever. But I won't talk all my old man shit, you know. <laughs> but no i saw that so the beasties came out and they killed and they played slow and low they played uh hold it now hit it this was before fight for your i mean the album had just come out licensed to ill because i did go out and buy the album after that night but they hadn't dropped the video for fight for your right to party yet and the big hit was hold now hit it for hip-hop heads like for you know for the people that were just listening to hip-hop that was like a great song you couldn't even tell they were white dudes like it's like a really great like the scratches are perfect the beats perfect it's silly it's perfect and it's that new york style and that's a kind of the reason why i live and came to new york and i love new york was kind of that quick-witted it's a little bit smarter the thing about new yorkers i've noticed yeah, they are smarter and cooler with art, with something, but they're also crazy, crazy. <laughs> and that's kind of hip hop, you know, in its best form. You know, like I'm the, I say crazy, not in the crazy, insane way, but the crazy nonconformist way. You know, just like, dude, you can't tell me what I'm about. You know, it's just like, in the in a positive way i believe in positive rebellion i believe in bob marley type style shit pacifist shit you know just like martin luther king shit i i understand that violence happens but i do think the next step in evolution is going beyond violence i don't know how it's going to be done but i do think meditation and tibet in terms of like a pacifist society i just think that we're going to violence first too fast and if you've been around the block you know it fucking is a pain in the ass violence ends up somebody's teeth gets broken 10 grand right there what if somebody dies that's some fucking emotional trauma there what if uh you know you have a con you yell and scream and you can never take those words back if it's somebody you really love you know no i'm, I'm sick of the drama in the lbc and that's what the song uh give peace uh dance because dancing i talk about it in my act i think i don't know if i did that bit on pure uncut joy or not but i you know what is dancing we're not even asked like everybody dances and makes we're making all this money but nobody's even asking why we're doing that why are we dancing why are we dancing because we want to move we want to feel good moving your body and dancing to the beat is fun in life is, is fun. That's the gig, man. That's where we're going. Like, what are you doing yelling and screaming 
and holding guns all day long, man. I don't get it. I just don't. I'm sorry. I like fun, goofy, beach. Give me some colors. I don't know how long this shit's going to last. Give me a good sandwich and a good conversation. A lot of this media out there is just geared toward your fear brain, especially all the news. I mean, on both sides, that's what's bumming me out. And that's why I talk about, like, you have to watch out for, you know, what kind of media you consume these days. People are getting, it's easy to, you know, if you listen to some, the thing about stand-up, like what I've learned, like if you hang out with people, eventually, like, there, there comes this group thought thing. Like if I tour with a comedian for over two years, I end up getting mannerisms and styles and the way we talk and interact, it all becomes kind of one because we all are one, but we're learning and dancing to be ourselves, to evolve the oneness. We have to learn. There's no good. There's no bad. There just is. That's what I've been thinking about. Like, I don't, you know, I could flip somebody into a good guy or a bad guy so easily. But the real, real truth, there just is. You know, does that make any sense? It doesn't matter. (laughs) Uh, Quoting the great Bill Murray. uh, I saw on the Tonight Show, that was dope was uh, they're going to make Ghostbusters with Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd. I like that crew. Uh, they always they always seem like fun-loving. Something about Chicago and fun-loving kind of goes together and drinking and partying. But they kind of seem to be doing it for the right reasons. Like, I like goofballs. Um, not for the fame, but for the... Like, you could tell Dan Aykroyd, I mean... I think everybody understands fame makes money in show business and making movies costs money. Making television shows costs money. Like it, the thing is, you know, if you're going to make something dope, but you, but I made a great video with zero money. I just had to hop a fence in the park for it. Uh, I'm contradicting myself because I have learned over the years that just throwing money at art, or at a project doesn't always make it better and working with what you got. And that's what Buddhism and meditation and just getting older has taught me is like, you just work with whatever you got, you know, you're happy with who you are. And then you're like, okay, we got laying around. Okay. How can I mold this into something I could step forward into more of the direction, the natural direction that I want to go? Like, a tree growing a branch or a leaf. I got this plant and one side of the plant isn't in the sun and it just, um, it's not a pot plant. It's just like a, I don't know if it's not a fern. It's like an ivy type joint. Um, I got it at a store years ago and I don't think my wife even likes it, but I've been growing this plant forever and I like it. But one side of it's just barren. It's not in the sun. But then it kind of moves slightly and these other th- leaves poke out and grow out and it just knows where to go to find the sun. And that's a, that's how we are. That's how we are as people and as an as an artist and stuff like that. Like that you want to go more naturally. That's what I'm trying to do is not go so hard in the paint 
Because when you force shit or ask for shit like so hard, you come off thirsty, which is whack. And um, and it's just not your time to make that move. You rather work on the move that's at hand, you know? Doing for me, it's doing this podcast. Is I I really I see the vision. Now it's time for the action. And if you don't have money, just hit subscribe. On iTunes, it only has 13, like, you got to, everybody, I I see the numbers. Please like and subscribe if you can. It costs nothing and it helps the algorithm. I hate to talk about algorithm because everybody's talking about algorithm. Big Al. (laughs) Rhythm. That might be a good character, a guy named Al Gorhythm. My man, Mr. Gorhythm. He's got some rhythm. Uh, but dancing and rhythm and being in the beat. That's what I was talking to my buddy about. Like the, I've said it on this, like, for me, joy and moments, like the moments are the fingerprints. And some of the best moments of experiencing the body I've had is like stand-up comedy is top-notch, man. For me, probably traumatic for other people. But for me, it was just a great release. And then uh, riding a motorcycle with no traffic shifting gears. I don't want to do it again. I've gotten in a couple motorcycle accidents. Uh, I'll talk on another podcast. I broke my leg on a motorcycle when I was in the seventh grade, if you can believe that. Uh, It was one of those dirt bikes, like a Honda 150. And I can't even talk that. It was my next door neighbors, and I jumped on it because I jumped on it. I, I tried to drive it, and I didn't know how to shift the gears, and I wrecked it. But later on in life, when I went backpacking, uh... In Asia, I learned how to drive a motorcycle, and it was like a Honda 150. But we had to shift gears. We went on like two-hour rides and shit to volcanoes. Um, And that's when I had an open road, and I was shifting the gears. And it felt so good just to, you know, it just, that's some Star Wars shit right there. But it is very dangerous, and I wouldn't do it again at this age. Um I'm not into that. I like driving. I got a car and that's good. But even then I'm like sometimes like, I don't know. I kind of like walking. I got a new pair of Solomons. I'm big into the Solomon shoes, man. Solomon makes great skis, but they also make the best walking shoes. They don't even have laces. They have this like pull tie system that I love. Check them out. Shout out to Solomon shoes. Shout out to good coffee. Shout out to good herb. Shout out to uh, New York and Brooklyn. And uh, I hope everybody, you know, is figuring it out for themselves and, and growing um, better every day. Grow towards the sun, you know. Um, but it's not on me. It's on you. But what? Oh, yeah. What are, I was going to say was uh, about how much I love... Uh, Music, writing, um, putting the words together. 
But it is hard. Like all these things are hard, but something in me told me to do it. And it was the same with stand-up. Like I could not not do it. And that's the natural way. That's kind of like going towards nature. And I think we're all doing it. We're all figuring it out. And that's what I'll end on. Give peace a dance. Check out my new music video. Uh, I made it for myself and you and everybody. And I just made it. Something told me to make it. It was during the pandemic. And uh, I couldn't go out and do stand-up as much. I didn't want to get people sick. I mean, that's a whole other conversation. But I just concentrated on making beats. Um, and I'm not great at it, but I made some fun beats. And then I got a, you know, I got this good mic system for the podcast. So I was like, I always wanted to record these songs. And I've done that my, with other people. But I wanted the DNA to be myself. Like the music myself. The video myself. Like everything with me. And that's why there's zero budget in everything. But sometimes having zero budget makes you work harder and actually makes your brain work more creative. It's that just flip side. Like, if you had all the money in the world, you just get fat and lazy. Like, you don't, you, and then when you're hungry and thirsty, I hate that word. But when you're, you just want to find a good place in the middle. That's where I'm at. Um, but yeah, right. The, uh, I was going to talk about joys of life is, uh, I love snowboarding. That's a great feeling. Just a turn. I like that turn. And then the uh, surfing, and then uh, riding a motorcycle, stand-up comedy, and then riding a beat. Rapping and riding a beat, I love it. I think it's the, one of the funnest things you can do. Same with acting in a scene is can be good if you know it, if you really know it. And then you can get in the pocket, and then you can rock it. Uh, it's all about getting in the pocket. All right. I think this one's in the pocket. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, I love you. Peace, love. Call your mama.
something wrong with another unity song Bang a bong, nothing wrong with another unity song Bang a gong, nothing wrong with another unity song Go! Yeah.